All right, so story time here. Um, if, you're, if you have your Bibles, bring your Bibles. Um, we're going to be in Jonah chapter 4, but that'll be a little bit. So uh, have, you guys, have you guys ever uh, been in a spot where you're being asked to do something and you have no idea why? Or you're being asked to go somewhere and you have no idea why? Yes. Yeah. Um, when I was like 12 years old, 10 years old actually, for the first time, uh, it was like three in the morning, and I'm a child, right, and 10, so I need my sleep, okay, uh, because I'm going to be cranky otherwise. And uh, 3 a.m., my parents come walking in my bedroom. I slept in the same room as my brother. He, we had bunk beds because we were cool. And they flicked on the light, and they said, get up and pack a bag. I'm just kidding. We didn't have to pack a bag. They packed it for us. But they said, get up and get in the car. I'm like, um, hey, it's three o'clock in the morning. I, I didn't even know this was a time. I didn't know this existed as a time on the clock, okay? It didn't exist. Why are you waking me up so early? And I swear, as soon as we got into the, the car, I immediately fell asleep again. And I didn't wake up till like seven or eight o'clock or nine o'clock, whatever. And when I woke up, I started noticing that we were, you know, in Kentucky, and we went to Tennessee, and then we went to Georgia, and then we ended up in Florida. And my parents were like, hey, we're going to Disney. I'm like, let's go. I take back everything I said. 3, 3 a.m., I'll leave at 2 a.m., I'll leave at 1 a.m., I'll leave right now. Like, Disney, let's go, okay? I was super excited. But in the moment, I was like, where the heck are we going? I was grumpy about the whole thing until I realized, oh, okay, this is where we're headed. Okay, I get it now, right? Have you guys ever um, been in a spot where you're wondering why you're doing what you're doing? You ever been in a place where you're, you're asking yourself, like, why am I here? Huh? Why am I here? Why do I exist? And, and it doesn't have to be a depressing thought, but it can be a thought that we all have. Like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? What is the reason behind this thing happening? Maybe you're questioning why things are happening in the way that they are only to find that you don't have enough information yet. You don't have the information to actually realize the why of where you're at, where you're at, or why you're going where you're going. I want to read in um, Jonah chapter 4. So I told you, we're going to be looking at the prophets. We're going to be looking at, at the, the, the prophets. Jonah was a prophet, right? Ooh, ooh, but he really never got it. Sabotage. Who's seen the VeggieTale movie? Come on. It's the best. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Oh. It was on Netflix? That's crazy. Okay. So if you don't know, Jonah was a prophet, spoke on behalf of the Lord. And Jonah was woke up in the middle of the night and, he said, and God literally told him, hey, you're gonna go to this place called Nineveh. Everybody say Nineveh. Nineveh. And Nineveh was, was kind of cool, uh, uh, but it was like a big city, but it, it had a lot of issues, right? They didn't trust God. Um, if you watch the Veggie Tales, they just slapped each other with fish all the time, right? And so they were very wicked. They were very bad people, very selfish they weren't governed by any sense of like law or anything. And they were just crazy people. And they were also the enemies of Jonah's people, of Israel. And so Jonah is like, hey, why am I going here? 
And as a matter of fact, he looks at it and he says, actually, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I'm going to go the other way. So he goes completely in the opposite direction. He hops on a ship because they didn't have planes at the time. And so he goes there. And he gets with this crew, and then they start seeing all of the, the crazy storms and the crazy wind and waves and all of this stuff. And, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And Jonah wakes up from his nap. And this is, again, according to the VeggieTales version. Uh, and, I'm just kidding. And he wakes up, and he gets up, and he says, I know exactly why this is happening. I know why, uh, why there's this big storm. It's because I am in defiance of God. The only way that you're going to be able to escape this without dying is you have to throw me overboard. And they're like, okay, you mean I get to live if, if you go in the sea? All right, here you go. Kaboom! <laughs> Out of here, right? So he's floating around in the sea, and immediately it gets calm. Immediately it goes completely just, just it's, it's all good. Until a great big fish a lot of people think it's a whale, but it could be a big fish. I don't know. Okay, check this out. God actually sent a fish to swallow him whole. So he didn't die, but he's in the middle of this fish. The belly of a fish. Gross, right? Let me say disgusting, right? We were in, uh, when we were in Italy, we were in Italy, and uh, I ordered a plate of fried shrimp. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I feel like I have to tell you. And uh, we ate this big plate of fr uh, fried shrimp. I don't know if you guys like seafood or not. Um, hey, these, these shrimp still had the head and still had the legs and still had the tail on it. It was really funny. I, like, put it in Macy's face. I'm like, hey, hey, hello. My name is George. I don't know. It was weird. But I had to, like, tear its head off and... Yeah, it was nasty. Um, fish are gross is what I'm trying to say. That's where my point was, okay? Fish are disgusting. So, if you get swallowed by a fish, it's probably going to lead you to a spot of repentance. So getting back to the story, Jonah goes, okay, you got my attention. I'm in the middle of this fish. I'm in the belly of this fish, and you finally got me. I'll go where you want me to go. And this fish vomits Jonah onto the shore, right where he needs to go. What do you know? It's amazing. So he goes, and he's probably really stinky and really nasty, really disgusting. And he goes to Nineveh, and he asks them to repent. I'm, I'm recanting the whole story, because where we're picking up is the last chapter. That's the reason why. They get there, and he tells them to repent. And he's expecting, have you guys ever gone to some, have you ever gone somewhere, and you're like, I already know how this is going to end up? That was Jonah. Jonah's like, okay, I'm going to go tell them about Jesus well, go tell them about God and go tell them um, that, that he, they should repent, that he's their, he's their Lord, that he's their God. But I already know how it's going to turn out. They're going to get destroyed. And quite frankly, he was happy about that. He was like excited that God was going to destroy them because they were the enemy. Right? You guys with me? So he tells them to repent. And guess what? They do it. Everybody say, ooh. Right? So they repent. And this is where we're going to pick up. I want to read. Um, actually, before I read, let's just pray because um, I'm going to kind of hop around. We're actually going to read the whole chapter. So by the end of tonight, you can read a whole chapter of the Bible. That's amazing. Okay. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you for just um, the ability to be able to connect stories that we've experienced 
to your word, Lord, that we're able to, um, to see it, and, and Lord, that it is still relevant, it is still prevalent in our life. Lord, anything that we need, um, the answer can come from your word. So Lord, I pray that you would just speak through me. Lord, I pray that you would just um, do whatever it is that you want to do tonight um, and how you, how you speak and, and how you speak through me. Lord, we just uh, we ask you to, to do whatever it is that, that you want to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So check this out. Jonah chapter 4, verse 1 says this. Jonah, right, they just repented. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. Everybody say, uh-oh. So he prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew, this is so funny. The Bible is hilarious, okay? This is so funny. This is Jonah, the prophet of God, getting mad at God being gracious. This is what he says. I knew that you're gracious and compassionate, God. You're slow to anger and abounding in love a God who relents from sending calamity, sending destruction. Could you imagine that? I know that you give grace, God, but I don't want you to. What? I'm, have you ever gotten, have you ever met somebody so nice they make you mad? It's kind of what's going on here. Listen to this, though. Jonah is a drama king, okay? This is what he says. Check this out, verse 4. Now, Lord, now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Bro, people turn to God because of the message that you gave. And you're saying, kill me. Just, just take my life. It's ridiculous, right? But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? We're going to read the rest of the chapter. But before we do, I want to unpack this question that Jonah was asking. We're looking at what in the world. We're looking at why. We're looking at all of these things. What Jonah was really asking was, why would God call me here? Some of you guys might be asking, why would God call me here? Why would God call me there? Why would God do all of this stuff? Why is he calling me where he's calling me? Why? We get from the first four verses here that at least in Jonah's case, but I think it's something that we can all kind of relate to, at least in Jonah's case, the why God would call them or call Jonah there is because Jonah was short-sighted. Why would God call you to the places that he's called you? It's because you're short-sighted. What does that mean? It means you don't know. It means you don't know why he's doing what he's doing. We're so short-sighted that all we can see is the next thing. All we can see is what's coming next. All we can see is, uh, okay, I just see the next place in front of me. And so many times, so many times, we look at it, and we don't see the full picture. He was actually mad that God would spare the Ninevites. They were enemies of his people. They were the people that he couldn't stand to see come to know God. So much so that he literally asked God to kill him. 
Just take away my life. I don't even need to live anymore. But then he asks this question without any merit at all, without any authority at all. I'm talking about Jonah. Jonah didn't have any authority. God says, hey, what right do you have to be angry right now? I think that this lesson, at least this, this first um, few verses, show us that just because we follow God's call doesn't mean that we try to look ahead past it and try to formulate our own way of how this thing should go, right? We shouldn't look at what God is asking us to do or where he's calling us or, or, or the things that he's putting on our heart. We shouldn't look at that and, and just go, okay, well, I've got this little tidbit, but I'm gonna go ahead and just go on anyway. Imagine if you were cooking and you read like the first two steps and you're like, all right, got it, let's go ready to do this. Probably going to make something that doesn't taste good, okay? You got to read the instructions, and you got to wait and be patient to see the whole thing through. I think what happens is exactly what happened with Jonah. When you try to formulate your own ending of how things should go, when you try to, 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 place every single thing and go, okay, I know I'm going to step here, and then I'm going to step here, and then I'm going to go here. All that happens is you get frustrated, you get angry, and you get upset because it's not going the way that you're wanting it to go. Well, guess what? Is God still in control? Is God still, uh, 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 can he see all of it? Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys know that God is literally like outside of time? Like not just like he doesn't keep time or doesn't pay attention to time. He's literally outside of time. God is literally here right now. He was there two days ago and he'll be a, a, a week from now. He's already in the spot. How amazing, how crazy is that to think? You see, God had a reason for calling Jonah to Nineveh. God wanted to see Nineveh saved. He wanted to see them repent. He wanted them to, to turn to him. Just as he wants to see everybody who's lost, all of your friends, all of your family, all of the people that you're close to, he wants to see them come back to himself. He didn't just die for you. He didn't just die for your parents. He didn't just die for this youth ministry, the people that are in this youth ministry. But he died for everyone. He wants to see everybody come back to him. But we get so short-sighted, we get so short-sighted that what we think should happen, we try to will to happen. What we think the way it should go, we start to like try to formulate our own plots and plans to make that happen. And God is saying, hey, just take it step by step and just trust me. Just take it step by step and just trust me. Jonah couldn't see the miracle that had just happened, that he was in the middle of. A whole city like Nineveh, came to know God, and he's mad about it. Don't be so short-sighted, and don't try to, to, to put your own plan into action so much that you miss what God is giving you or allowing you to see right now. Don't miss those things that God is, is showing you or wanting you to be a part of right now because you're so worried about what's going to happen in the future or how it's going to be affected. We're short-sighted. I want to read uh, going on in verse five. Are you guys still with me? You guys tired? 
You guys ready for fall break? I know. Hang with me. So check this out. Jonah chapter four, verse five. It says, Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter. Everybody say shelter. shelter. And sat in the shade. Oh man, there's nothing better than sitting in the shade on like a hot day, right? And he's in like the Middle East. So you know, it's like hot, super hot. And he waited to see what would happen to the city. So Jonah's already like, okay, cool. I got my shelter here. I got my shade. I'm ready to see God just go, just zap him. You ever been like that? You ever been like, just do it. Right? No. So he wanted to see what would happen to the city. And then the Lord God provided a leafy plant. Nice. And he made it grow over Jonah to give shade for his head and ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. Go, Jonah. Right? It's amazing. Don't you love it when your friends are like relaxing and chilling and you're like, yeah, that's awesome. Go you. Right? But check this out. But at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God also provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and he wanted to die. And he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. Over a plant, a plant got chopped down and he's like, kill me, Lord, take me out. Do you guys realize how ridiculous, right? Super dramatic, drama king. And this is, this, here, check this out. But God said again, right? We're like rehashing this whole thing all over again just because of a plant. And he says, is it right for you to be angry about that plant? Is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah says, it is. And I'm so angry that I wish I were dead. Check this out. The reason, I think it's so interesting here. Let me, just, let me just say this. God provided shade. He provided the leafy plant. He provided all of the things that Jonah needed. And then he also provided the things that would test him. Now, I'm not saying that God is out to get you and he's trying to make your life hard just so that it would be hard. But what I am saying is if you do miss the mark, and if you are walking in a way that's not good, I mean, Jonah had set up camp to watch this place get destroyed. God will correct you. Why did God call Jonah to Nineveh? And why did this happen in chapter four? It's because we need correction. Jonah needed correction. He provided all of this and then he took it all away. Even though Jonah did everything that he was supposed to do, right? On the surface, Jonah did everything, right? He finally went to the place he was supposed to go. God called him there. He finally went there. And then he finally told them about, uh, about God. I keep saying Jesus. It's the Old Testament, okay? Don't get confused. I'm getting confused. Um, so he does the thing. He goes to the city. He tells them about God. They, they, he, that's a successful mission as a 
as a prophet, right? You go to tell people, thus saith the Lord, and this is what the Lord should, it wants you to do, and all this stuff. And he did that, and they did it. Mission accomplished. Go home. You, you, you're successful. Good job. Have a snack, right? But he gets upset, and he gets mad, and he gets angry, and he still is missing the mark, that short-sightedness that he has. All of it just begins to do this. And God goes, okay, listen, you're still not getting it. Like you literally just set up camp to go watch this place get destroyed. I'm gonna teach you a lesson. And again, not, God's not out to get you. He's not out to like make your life hard. Don't, don't hear that. But if your heart needs to be fixed, God will do it. I've found myself in spots where, where God does the thing that I'm asking for. Where, where God actually will, will answer prayers and maybe they're not prayers I should have prayed. You know what I mean? Like, God will, will do that. Does that make sense? Are you guys tracking with me? Cool? God's lesson, if we're missing it, if we're, out of, if we're ministering out of disobedience, hey, if you feel a calling to ministry or, 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 or to the mission field or anything like that, if you have somewhere, uh, somewhere else that you're called to, that's great. But specifically, if you're called to like be a pastor or be a missionary or be a worship leader or, or whatever, uh, you better never minister out of your lack, okay? I'm just gonna say that. You better never minister out of the wrong reason. You better never do it just because you get one of these and you get to stand in front of this awesome new screen that we have. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you better never do that. Because a heart that's consistently uh, falling out of line with God, God will correct us and will teach us a lesson. You guys get it? Yeah? God will teach us a lesson, and it might mean that our comfort gets uncomfortable. It might mean that our comfort gets uncomfortable. I know this is never you guys, so it's probably not. Have you guys uh, ever gotten in trouble for doing something, but not doing it when you were asked? Yeah? Come on. I've been there. And you're like, wait a minute, this is unfair. Because you, you guys are always right. Your parents are never right. Yeah, exactly. we're always right. Wrong. Okay. But check it out. Like, I was notorious for this as a, as a teenager. My dad would always go, hey, I don't like living in a, in a house that has unlocked doors. Please lock the door when you come in. And I'm like... We live in Owensboro. Like, nobody's coming into our house. I'm not doing that. That's, you're paranoid. And literally every time I would open up the door, my dad would go, who is it? It's me again. Your son. Firstborn. Every time, lock the door. My dad, when Macy can attest to this, can't you, Macy? Yeah, still to this day, I am a married man. I will open up the door, and my dad will go, lock the door. What the heck, man? Dude, so I'm like, I'm not doing this. So I would just go through the house or whatever, and dad's like, lock the door, lock the door, lock the door, lock the door. Finally, I would go do it, and then he'd get mad at me. And I'm like, I locked it. He's like, I had to ask you 400 times. Same thing with, like, uh, taking out the trash. Trash day was Tuesday for us. 
Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, Sunday afternoon, my mom's like, hey, you got to take out the trash. I'm like, okay, I will. Monday is kind of getting full. She's like, hey, you know, trash day's tomorrow. Make sure you take out the trash. Monday night, hey, take out the trash. And then, like, Tuesday morning, I would do it. And my mom's like, hey, I asked you to take out the trash, like, three times, and you didn't do it. I'm like, but it got done. She's like, yeah, but, like, I had to ask you a bunch of times. Have you guys ever heard this? Whoa! Have you guys ever heard this? Have you, ever, have you guys ever heard that delayed obedience is disobedience? Yeah. yeah. Delayed obedience, meaning that you do what is asked for you, but you don't do it in the time that it was asked, right? Still an issue. You gotta be uh, open to, to, to being corrected. Jonah w- was in a spot where he needed correction in his life. You guys tracking with me? Cool. I got one more point. We're gonna bring this thing home. I want to read uh, the last two verses, and then you can read a whole chapter of the Bible. A whole chapter. Am I going to have to separate you guys right up here? Okay, cool. Awesome. So, this is what it says. The Lord said, this is after Jonah's like, I should die because of this plant. He's like, really? You sure? He's like, yes, I'm sure. This This is what the Lord says. The Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. Sprang up overnight and it died overnight. And should I not be concerned for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals. God cares about animals, okay? But, get this. This is the end of Jonah. The whole book ends here. That is how the book ends. And you're like, well, where's the sequel? There's no sequel. This is how it ends. It was done very intentionally by the author because it was meant to be a, a, a bookend or a la- have a lack of a bookend. It was meant to, to put the ball in, in our courts as we read the story, as we read what happened to Jonah. We should read with that same kind of challenge that Jonah was left with. We don't get Jonah's response. We honestly don't even know if he ever really repented and was 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 follow, you know, like, we just don't know. The book ends here, and there's no chapter five either. It's done. So check this out. God will always leave heart change in our court. The ball will always be in our court. Why? Why would God call Jonah to the place that he would call him? And why would it end at this spot? It's because he was challenging Jonah. Hey, are you going to partner with me? Why is God calling you to some of the things that he's calling you to or why he's calling you to the places that he's calling you? It's because you have an opportunity. You have a chance to partner with God. 
I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty awesome that we have the opportunity to actually partner up and link up with the, the God of the universe. Just like Jonah did. It was done on purpose. The book ends like this on purpose so that it would challenge whoever reads it. So that we, not that you want to read yourself into Bible stories, okay? So many people do that, to where every Bible story is theirs, okay? But this one is done intentionally. So if the worship team would go ahead and make your way up. There may be places, and I want you guys to focus in because I really believe that this is important. There may be places and there may be people that you feel are beneath you. And I know you guys are perfect. You guys would never think that people are too gross or people are too messed up or people are too nasty or people are too lost. Okay, let's go there. Well, they're just, they're just so not a Christian, I can't even be with them. Hey, we do it all the time. We do it all the time where we look at people and we're actually mad that they're sinful or that they're, they're, they're without God as if that should surprise us. And so I know, I, I, I get it. It's uncomfortable. But what I wanna ask you tonight, the reason why I challenged you at the very, very beginning to think of one person every single week that you can invite, and it might be the same person. If they say no, keep inviting them, right? There might be places and there might be people that you feel are beneath you because they're too far from God, because they're too broken, because they're too messed up. But guess what? We have the opportunity as we read this story of Jonah, we can either sit in our shelter with our withered away plant in the scorching sun and be mad at God, so mad at God that we wish that we weren't even here. We can, we can actually go through life just so bitter and so angry at God doing things that are amazing. 120,000 people get saved and Jonah's mad about it. We have the choice. We have the choice. We can sit in our shelter in the scorching sun or we can actually go and respond to what God is asking us to do and respond quickly. We have to continue to fight to keep our hearts in line with what God wants. You might be like, okay, well, what does God want? Very simply, God wants all people to come to him. All people to come to him, no matter how far they are, no matter how messed up they are, no matter how broken they are. He loves everybody. Jesus died for everybody, not just the ones who grew up in a Christian home and have always been taught amazing, good Christian values. Sometimes we don't like to think about it, but guess what? There's grace for us. That's amazing. And we love that. And we love talking about that. But guess what? There's grace for other people too. Yeah. There's grace for other people too, which means that guess what? 
as God shows us amazing grace that we should be just so amazed by and live every day. Hey, that's an amazing gift that we have that. But guess what? God's also given it to other people, even people who aren't accepting it. And guess what? We have the opportunity to actually show them the grace that God has given. We have the opportunity to stand in the places just like Nineveh that are wicked and broken and messed up and hurting and broken. And we could just say, hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you about this thing. But if you are short-sighted and if you are in a place where you need correction, you're in a place where you're looking at the opportunity to partner with God and you're like, I don't know. Let me ask you this. Why would God call you to your school? Why would God call you to that outcast that's in your friend group? Why would God call you to that bully that you just have to keep facing time after time after time? You're looking at it and you're going, what the heck? All the time, there are opportunities and there are people that we can see because they need God just like we need God. They need a touch from Jesus just like we need a touch from Jesus. And guess what? Just like he used Jonah as a prophet to actually speak on his behalf, he wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants to use you to reach your school. He wants to use you to reach the friends that you have. He wants you to use the Youth Alive Club and set the whole campus on fire. I'm telling you, a lot of times you look at it and go, nah, it can't be me. Why not? A lot of times we look at our situations, and this is where I'll end and then we'll pray. We look at our situations and we go, why would God call me here? Why is God putting me through what he's putting me through? Maybe, just maybe, is so that your path can cross with somebody else. Maybe, just maybe, he's setting you up so that you can share about him. You can talk about him. Would you guys just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Lord Jesus, I just pray for each and every student that's here, Lord, every family that's represented, all of my leaders, parents, families. pray that we would look at the story of Jonah, we would look at the questions that he keeps asking himself or the questions he asks of you, Lord, and I pray that it would just be a, a commentary into our own situations, Lord, that we would be able to, to read Jonah and be challenged by his response and by the things that he said. Lord, that not that we would follow it. Lord, I pray against anyone who has heard the wrong message in this and, and looks at Jonah's despair and his anger and his, his selfishness. Lord, I pray that they would be able to understand that they have purpose and value and that they're loved, Lord. First and foremost, because without that, we have nothing. So Lord, I pray that you would just begin to, to speak over each of your children tonight. As we take a time of response, Lord, would you speak to them? And then, Lord, I pray that you would just allow this to be a challenge to each and every one of us so that we can look at the people who are around us who are broken and dirty and messed up 
when we could stop looking at them and, and being like, well, I gotta, gotta get away or I gotta distance myself or, or I can only touch them with a 10-foot pole because I don't wanna get mess on me. Or because they've hurt us or that we look at them like Jonah did and we say, that's the enemy, I can't, I can't do that. They're not even deserving. Lord, let us not be sitting in a shelter in the scorching sun with a withered plant mad and angry at God. Lord, let us turn our, our hearts to you and let us look for every opportunity to see the why in the places and the people that you call us to. Lord, when so many people are asking what in the world is going on, what in the world is happening, why would you do this? Why would you call me to this place? Why would you call me to this family? Why would you call me to these friends, these people? Lord, I pray that we would stop looking at, at it as an excuse or as a justification for why we are the way we are and that we would start to look at it as an opportunity to share about you. Let that be invigorating to us. Let that be exciting to us that we have that opportunity. Lord, I pray for anybody who, who doesn't know you doesn't understand how amazing you are, Lord. I pray that right now you would just begin to, to stir their hearts. Reveal yourself continually to us. We love you. Lord, we ask that during this, this time of response, Lord, you would just begin to speak.